The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. AEW successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show for August 26th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. Tonight's show... Sponsored by DraftKings. In association with the WWE, DraftKings is sponsoring tonight's show as we head into Clash at the Castle. We will talk about my great friends over at DraftKings in just a little bit. So shout out to them, man. Once again, recognizing the excellence of Off the Script. Smackdown tonight, man. Very mid. Tonight was not one of those shows that was, uh, oh my goodness, Triple H is changing things. On Friday night, SmackDown, more of the same. We got two rematches, which, correct me if I'm wrong, chat, this might actually be the first two rematches that Triple H has done leading creative on Monday and Friday night. But, it looked like the rematches that he gave us tonight on SmackDown are playing into a larger story with Ricochet and Baron Corbin and then Sami Zayn, obviously, with the bloodline and then Drew McIntyre with whatever he's got going on going into Clash of the Castle in that match, that championship match with Roman Reigns for the Universal, undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Not really much of note. On SmackDown, to be quite honest with you, man, it was very mid, like I said. Tag team title tournament, women's tag team title tournament. We got uh, a fatal four-way, which was a complete waste of everybody's time. I mean, I legitimately got up to go make myself a cup of coffee, and by the time my coffee was done, the match was over. I don't even know why we have women's tag team championships. Matches like this do not really sit well with me as to 
bringing these championships back. The best thing that we got tonight was Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. Very good match. I mean, they're both excellent. And then we got Roman Reigns in the bloodline beating up Drew McIntyre at Clash at the at the, at the end of SmackDown, going into Clash of the Castle. Sami Zayn still being strung along by the bloodline. He thinks that they are with him and everything is fine right now, but you just sense that it's going to go nowhere good for Sami Zayn. They're going to use him and he's going to realize that they're using him. And I'll tell you why that match wasn't booked for Clash of the Castle and why that storyline wasn't really facilitated going into Clash of the Castle. The Usos with a potential match against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. We'll talk about why that's not really happening in eight days. Sheamus and Gunther. I'm looking forward to this match. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Sheamus watches the show. Because we've been saying for months now that match after match after match after match Sheamus has been putting on bangers. And tonight, he made that his entire thing. Banger after banger after banger after banger. Sheamus, I praise Sheamus' work for the better part of two years. He was the MVP in the middle of the pandemic era in the Thunderdome. He is putting on great matches now back in front of a live audience for a very long time, even though we got a little bit too much of the New Day, and the Brawling Brutes. Oh, what was it, like 58 weeks in a row? Ridiculous. Doesn't take away from how great Sheamus has been. Awesome. This match with Gunther is going to be a complete banger. I love it. I can't wait to see what they do. And that great promo tonight by both guys, a great promo segment by both Sheamus and Gunther. We will go over what uh, the feeling was there and what I thought about that. And then on Rampage, an exclusive with CM Punk, behind-the-scenes look at what happened to his foot, an exclusive waste of time. I don't even know why I bother with Rampage. I really don't. I don't like Rampage. I think Rampage is a complete waste of my time every Friday night. I don't even know why I bother watching it. I don't even know why I bother waiting until 11 o'clock to go live when I could realistically go live at 10 o'clock and really not miss anything. I don't understand it. I, I, don't know what's, I don't know what's going on in AEW right now. I don't. Everything feels off to me. Something ain't right. Whether it's the backstage politics, whether it's the fucking Wild Wild West in the locker room, whether it's the inconsistency of Tony Khan's booking, I don't know. I don't know. Rampage, you know, the matches that we got were, were fine. I mean, I mean, none of them really mean much of anything, but they're fine for what they are. Dynamite was great. Dynamite was great, minus the little hiccup with uh, everybody being very confused over CM Punk and John Moxley. Something feels off about AEW, and I can only hope that they got something in the pipeline planned to really captivate the audience again, because right now they got nothing going for them. Outside CM Punk and John Moxley, nothing going for them. And I think it's about time I start giving them some tough love, man, because I love them so much. And I appreciate them so much. They just aren't doing the things that need to be done. And the backstage politics and what we talked about with Thunder Rose and Britt Baker seriously pisses me the fuck off. It does. Favoritism, backstage politics. I feel like Vince McMahon all over again. feel like it's Vince McMahon all over again. So we'll go over Rampage and what I thought 
of everything coming out of Friday Night Rampage and AEW. But I appreciate you guys joining me very, very much, man. We got a lot to get into tonight. And it's going to be a very, very busy weekend, man. Number one, again, shout out to DraftKings for sponsoring tonight's show. We got a busy weekend, man. Saturday night, tomorrow night, I will be live right here on YouTube from the OTS Beer Garden. And we're going live with Off the Script, man. Now, normally we do it Sunday night. Normally we end the week. We cap the week the week off with Off the Script. But Sunday night, I will not be available. Sunday night, I will be at Terminal 5 in New York City. Sunday night, I will be on the call. I will be on commentary with my boy, Jason, a.k.a. the Salamonster. And we will be calling the most important show and the biggest show in House of Glory history. And you guys can watch it with us live on Fight TV. House of Glory presents High Intensity live on Sunday night, August 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. What a lineup, man. What a lineup. Loki is going one-on-one with Bandito. Eddie Kingston is going one-on-one with Marafuji of Pro Wrestling Noah. Malachi Black will be going one-on-one with the Amazing Red. Buddy Matthews will be going one-on-one with HOG co-owner Brian XL. Brody King will be challenging Jacob Fatu for the vacant House of Glory World Heavyweight Championship. My boy Charles Mason will be defending the HOG Crown Jewel Championship against Jelly Janella. Joey Janella, live on a House of Glory pay-per-view. Maybe we'll see him set his foot on fire. Maybe. Charles Mason may actually enjoy that. The House of Glory six-way title will be on the line. The Mighty Monte will go one-on-one with KC Navarro. And there will be a Matt Travis Memorial Battle Royal with the winner getting a title shot at any title of his choosing. And last but certainly not least, the Briscoes will be issuing an HOG Tag Team Title Open Challenge. Loaded. Absolutely stocked. So join me on the call, man. Join me on the call. Should be great. Very honored to be part of this, man. I prepped all day for it. Hopefully I do you guys proud and I give you guys the proper stories that you guys want to see out of House of Glory. Narrated by me and Jason. Should be awesome, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. 
Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Obviously, we'll pop open some cold beverages and do our thing like usual. 50% off memberships are still active for this channel, guys. I check it every time I go live. Make sure you guys go and hit that join button. If you guys have wanted to join the VIP section here on Off The Script, make sure you guys hit that join button, man. Instead of $4.99, it is $2.49 for the next four days in August. Get them on in. We just hit 500 channel members, man. I'd love to get 1,000 before the end of the year. Can we do it? I think that'd be awesome. You guys are getting new emotes soon. And you guys are getting two brand new badges. Hopefully I'll have them ready by the first week of October. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. We need... Everybody to go check out that Eddie Kingston Thunder Rosa story that we talked about live. Jesse and I were actually live on Thursday night. We killed it, man. We gave you the real scoop. Fuck the dirt sheets. Fuck the dirt sheets, man. We gave you the real story. So go check all that stuff out on the homepage. And once again, tonight's show is sponsored by DraftKings. You guys have an opportunity to win a part for a piece of the $10,000 purse. That will be up for grabs during Clash at the Castle. SmackDown, man, let's start at the top. We started off right away with Rico Shea and Baron Corbin. This was a rematch. Triple H is not really, you know, giving us the same old shit every week. But this night, This Friday night, he gave us Ricochet and Baron Corbin, which was a match just a couple of weeks ago. Same thing with Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. They have wrestled, you know, several times over the last several weeks on Friday night. But Ricochet and Happy Corbin, man, decent match. Decent match. I don't think the last match was bad at all either. I thought uh, what they did was very good. And Triple H is giving Ricochet a lot of time to get his shit in. This was Vince McMahon. This match would have probably went four minutes. Baron Corbin, I've been saying, is not bad. He may be a complete asshole. He may have a terrible gimmick. Triple H may actually realize that. We'll talk about that in a second. But he's not bad. Very, very serviceable is Baron Corbin. But this was a rematch. And normally I'd shit on the fact that we're getting a rematch. And yes, it's not really all that important. And yes, you've seen it. But there was a story there. I don't know what the story is, whether it's Ricochet and his newfound camaraderie with Pat McAfee or Pat McAfee still kind of laying it on thick with the insults on Baron Corbin, or maybe it's with Baron Corbin himself. I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like Baron Corbin and the narrative that they're trying to tell with Baron Corbin is that he's kind of down on his luck again. He's in the dumps. He's on a losing streak. He has nothing right going for him. Now, I don't know what that means. I've seen a lot of people online saying that they would like him to go back to bum-ass Corbin and being poor, happy Corbin, or Baron Corbin, wherever the fuck they're going to call him. 
I see a lot of people saying, well, Triple H is in charge. Maybe they'll revert him back to the lone wolf, Baron Corbin. I wish. In a perfect world, I wish. But Baron Corbin is on a noticeable losing streak, and that is done by design. What the end goal is for Baron Corbin, and if it will mean a gimmick change or a character change, that remains to be seen. But the reason why this match happened tonight is that there is a little bit of a story in there with Ricochet and Baron Corbin. So we'll see what happens. So Ricochet beats Happy Corbin again. Good match. Ricochet is awesome. His selling is phenomenal. So Corbin, earlier in the day, mocked Ricochet and promised to beat him up tonight. Michael Cole pointed out that Corbin suffered an injury to his funny bone. He tried to be funny tonight, and it didn't land. Now listen, he's, he's you know, a funny guy when he wants to be, but he's no Sidro in the chat. Michael Cole failed at telling a joke tonight. Ricochet had the early advantage here with a shooting star press for a near fall. Corbin took it to Ricochet with some right hands. He briefly gained control of the match. Ricochet fought back, sent Corbin out to the floor. Ringside now, Corbin launched Ricochet in the air, but he landed on the corner. He then hit a, a corkscrew moonsault to the floor. This, this was great. Kind of threw him and launched him into the apron. He landed on top of the second turnbuckle. Dives off and does a corkscrew onto Baron Corbin on the outside. So Ricochet's in control. And Corbin takes advantage of this and slams him on the commentary table. They're still on the outside here. Corbin slams him on the commentary table. Michael Cole is backing away. Pat McAfee is kind of laying in the jokes. Corbin's looking at Cole. Corbin's looking at McAfee. He's not happy at all. He's in control of the match. So... Corbin dropped Ricochet face first back in the ring on a turnbuckle. He goes for a near fall cover, two count. Ricochet tried fighting back, went for a handspring elbow. Corbin quickly recovered, took offense again, rocked him with a forearm. Corbin tried for the end of days, but Ricochet counted into a sloppy-looking DDT, not because of Ricochet, but because of the way Baron Corbin took the DDT. Ricochet fired up, did a backflip off of Corbin. He then took it to Corbin with a knee, He gained control for a little bit. Corbin came back, deep six, which is one of my favorite moves in all of WWE. That and the end of days. Corbin's offense is really nice. I always say it. And he went for a near fall, got a two count off the the deep six. Ricochet, he was jockeying for position with Corbin. Ricochet knocked Corbin off the top rope. He went for a 450 splash, but Corbin moved out of the way. Corbin then dropped Ricochet for another two count. Ricochet bounces back. Went for the recoil. Corbin avoided it. Ricochet took it to Corbin with a boot to the face. Followed up with the shooting star press again. This time he hits it. One, two, three. And Ricochet gets the pinfall victory clean over Baron Corbin. After the match, Pat McAfee made fun of Corbin by doing a NFL-style play-by-play breakdown with the little teleprompter he's got in front of him and mocked Baron Corbin repeatedly using the teleprompter. Again, this is all probably leading. First of all, Ricochet gets another victory on the uh, on the Triple H side of things. And I wouldn't say this is a big statement as compared to the first match. The first match was the first night Triple H took over on Friday night and he put Ricochet in the opening match. That, to me, was a statement. This, to me, was also kind of a statement, but 
It's more of a statement for Ricochet and how Ricochet is going to be treated moving forward. I said this on Twitter. If there's one guy in this company that is absolutely fucking pleased with everything that's going on, now that Triple H is taking over both Monday and Friday night, it is Ricochet. Ricochet was probably so happy he took everybody out to the bar and ordered everybody their first, second, and third rounds in celebration that Triple H took over. Because he knows now he's in good hands. And Ricochet, I do feel, when things really start getting rolling for him, he's going to be in good hands with Triple H, no doubt about it. Corbin, this is all being done, his losing streak, his luck, and him being down on himself and down in the dumps. It's all leading to something. What that something is, I don't know. I did pitch, being that we got this little Ricochet and uh, Pat McAfee love fest here on SmackDown. You guys noticed the last time that Ricochet was in a match with Corbin, McAfee was punting footballs into the crowd and playing catch with Ricochet. I said, what if we get some sort of Survivor Series match between Raw and SmackDown? Pat McAfee, one of the SmackDown commentators, and Ricochet teaming up against Baron Corbin and his real-life friend, Corey Graves. Corey Graves is cleared to wrestle. We may get some tag team action out of it. If Graves wants to get back in the ring for one more match, there's no better match than that to do, especially in a tag team element where he would be partially protected and he doesn't have to work a full match. Now, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't think that 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 is going to happen, but it may be a possibility. So we'll see what happens. Hit row. This was not as cringe as last week where they did this rap segment and the camera was bouncing all over the place and the sound was fucked up and you couldn't hear uh, Top Dollar rapping, couldn't hear B-Fab, couldn't hear Adonis. Hit Row was backstage and they approached the Street Profits. Street Profits haven't really done much of anything since losing the feud against the Usos. For the tag team titles. Hit Row admitted to wanting the smoke. And then they all giggled and wiggled their fingers together and said, money, 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 money. I don't know what the fuck that meant. If it was an inside thing, if it was a jab at Vince McMahon. I don't know. I don't know. But they apparently are joining forces for now. So we'll see what happens with Hit Row and the Street Profits. They are booked in a match next week. And we'll get to that. A little bit later in the show. WWE had this beautiful video package called Drew McIntyre's Journey Home. And I thought they did a phenomenal job with Drew McIntyre tonight. I thought the focus on Drew McIntyre was easily the best thing of the entire show. They did this in two parts. They did one in the beginning section of the show and then one at the end. Right before the match with Sami Zayn tonight. Video package aired on McIntyre showing him as a kid growing up, wanting to be a WWE superstar, flexing in the mirror, sleeping with Stone Cold Steve Austin bed sheets. We all had him. We all had him. Working indie events in the UK and eventually winning the FCW World Championship. He documented being called up quickly to WWE and being dubbed the chosen one. Gotta take a little bit of time out here. A little bit of a time out in the chat, folks. Eric Torres, you're talking shit about Baron Corbin, but he's stronger than you. I bet you can't even reach 220 pounds. Baron Corbin can, and that makes him talented than you. 
and anyone on any roster of any company. Uh, Hooligrim, get him out! Get Eric Torres out of the chat. Eric Torres is clearly a 12-year-old Reddit virgin who thinks this is real life. I don't give a fuck about Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin doesn't even know you exist. You're in my chat at midnight on a Friday night. Meanwhile, I'm making my money and doing my job better than anybody. You should be out getting pussy and having a couple of cold beverages, begging girls to fucking come home with you and sleep with you, but they don't because they realize that you're nothing more than a fucking pencil neck virgin. Get the fuck out of my chat. I'm sorry, Eric Torres. I'm sorry, Eric Torres. Sorry I had to blast you in front of 2,000 fucking people. Get out! (laughs) Round of applause, please, really. Round of applause. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Thank you. I know the venue's full. Listen, I got I got a show to do, okay? <laughs> Where was I, Eric Torres? Where was I? Oh yeah, Drew McIntyre. They dubbed him the chosen one. He talked about wanting to be the first wrestler from Scotland signed to WWE and then how it fell apart when he made immature decisions after his mother died. He said getting released was the best thing that happened to him. It really was. It really was. Getting released from WWE was the best thing that happened to Drew McIntyre. If he did not get released, that means we would have been punished with more 3MB on television. And then they ended up splitting 3MB up anyway. And what would have been made into Drew McIntyre? He would have been fired anyway. It just would have prolonged his embarrassing moments. So, yes, getting fired and going to, uh... <laughs> Impact! He went to TNA, man. He went to, he went to uh, TNA over there. <laughs> Nobody watches that shit, man. I mean, give me a break. Who watches Impact? Fucking geeks. Reddit geeks watch fucking Impact. They gatekeep. Bunch of elitist virgins they are, man. Hey, hey, listen, it worked out good for him, though, right? He made himself into a world champion over there. He worked TNA, and then he got hired by WWE again, and he never looked back, man. He never looked back. Same thing with Bobby Lashley, all right? Yeah, Bobby Lashley said, yeah, (laughs) that's an impact. I guess uh, Drew McIntyre made more of an impact in WWE, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Who watches that shit, man? Nobody watches that shit. Come on. Come on, man. Yeah, listen, Jesse, get me an old-fashioned, man. I'm empty. Fucking geek. <laughs> Eric Torres, get out. Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross. Loving what Carrying Cross is doing on SmackDown, man. Carrying Cross and Scarlet. Spoke from somewhere in the venue. I don't know where the fuck they were. It's like they're a fucking Batman. Batman or, or Joker and Harley Quinn is a good comparison, right? In the shadows, they dwell. So he was reacting to this Drew McIntyre vignette. 
He said, maybe this time Drew's time, but maybe not. This time is Drew's time, but maybe not. He said that any given moment, he can hit him in the back of the head, and then suddenly his achievements will mean nothing. TikTok. TikTok, says Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Karrion Cross, man, Killer Cross, not going to be on the House of Glory show, even though they had that fantastic video package with him and Low Key. You know, Paul Levesque doesn't want Karrion Cross to get injured on a indie show. People asking, is Karrion Cross going to be at the Hog Show? No. He's not wrestling anywhere on the indies. He's only doing, con- only doing autograph signings. And then, obviously, he's going to be doing what he's got to do in WWE. I feel that Karrion Cross is going to have a major presence at Clash of the Castle. Now, I pose this question to you. Does Karrion Cross cost... Drew McIntyre, the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship match at Clash at the Castle. Does he? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like he will. I do. Now, after tonight with these vignettes, I might as well talk about this now instead of doing it later. I watched this vignette with McIntyre, this video package with McIntyre. I'm watching this, and I'm saying to myself, and I said this especially after the second one aired, his redemption story. I don't know how you're going to air this and then not give him the win at Clash of the Castle. But it may end up being that Karrion Cross costs him the championship. And Roman Reigns continues his reign of terror on Friday night. Do people really want to see Drew McIntyre as the WWE champion? I don't know. I mean, the ratings say otherwise. I think the rating falls in line with Roman Reigns. I honestly think if Drew McIntyre is the champion there may be a ratings hit on Friday night. I think Roman brings in the audience, honestly. And if that's the case, I don't think taking the title off of him right now is a good thing unless you know that you're going to get somebody that is going to actively replace Roman and the fans are going to keep that same momentum going as if Roman is still champion. Only one man comes to mind that would fit that description, and that's Cody Rhodes. This is why I say, you know, I... I said this, I don't want to see Roman lose the titles. I think Cody, in my perfect world, would be the one to take that title from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's the match. That's the story to me. But after all that's done with with, uh, Drew McIntyre here and this Roman Reigns feud, building him up, this, this video package, you know, the chase, this match has been building all year. And then at this pay-per-view... In Cardiff, so close to his home, right? Something that he's lobbied for, for how many years he's going to lose there? I just find it very difficult to believe. I find it very difficult to believe that he's going to lose eight days from now. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire 
faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But who knows? Maybe Karrion Cross is the way we get Roman Reigns retaining that undisputed championship. So we'll see what happens. Shotzi and Zaya Lee versus uh, Dodrop and fucking shit. But what is her name, man? What is her name? Nikki what? Ash Trash. That's her name. Nikki Trash. Just like the trash pail at the, uh, at the back exit, man. Take that shit out. Get it out of here, man. It's sticking up the joint. Come on. I know Titus is busy, but I don't, I don't need fucking trash filling the air, man. Come on, Jesse. You gotta do your job, bro. Nikki Trash. Sorry. Always forget her name, man. Natalia and Sonia Deville and Tamina Snow. <laughs> Imagine Tamina Snuka and Dana Brooke getting her second chance. Second chance in this fatal four-way, man. Jesus Christ, they didn't even deserve the first fucking chance. This match went four minutes. A fatal four-way went four minutes. Who booked this match, Bruce? Fucking slob, Bruce. Look like a Bruce special. Everyone was in the ring after they went to commercial break. We got Shotzi and Zia Lee getting entrances. And that was it. Nobody else got a fucking entrance. So, Cole explained that two at a time can be in the ring and anyone else can tag in. Dana superplexed Nikki onto a crowd of other women on the outside. Nikki grabbed her ankles after the landing. She may have been injured. Sonya rolled Nikki into the ring and scored the one, two, three. And that was pretty much it. Wow, man. Wow. Triple H, I think you missed the fucking boat with this one. I legitimately got up to go make myself a cup of coffee, and the fucking match was over. Which has me asking, why do we need women's tag team titles? If you want to find anybody in this community that is for women's wrestling and the women's revolution being done the right way, It is me. But this is not how you do it. The tag team championships have been fucking doomed from the word go. Soon as Sasha and Naomi dropped them on John Laurinaitis and his desk. And now this tournament, Nikita Lyons getting COVID or not getting vaccinated, one or the other. Zoe Stark getting a concussion. Gigi Dolan getting a concussion, which took toxic attraction out of the tournament. This whole fucking thing is cursed. Why do we need tag team titles? Has anybody ever asked Triple H or or, or anybody in creative? Has anybody ever raised the question? Why do we need women's tag team titles when there are no tag teams in the fucking division? Why hold a tournament if this is the best that you got? Four minutes? 
Four minutes for four teams. The 24-7 title hasn't made an appearance on this fucking show. Maybe once. Once in five weeks. Yet here we are with the women's tag team titles and them giving the titles a spotlight. Shit sucks. They are fucking worthless. Matches like this do not do the titles or this tournament any favors. None. I'd burn them and move on. Sheamus. We got a recap of Sheamus earning the IC title match at Clash at the Castle. He won that great Fatal Five-Way last week. So we get Rich Holland, Sheamus, and... It is so difficult for me to unsee this now. Every time I look at Butch... I see, let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! This guy's running around like a fucking moron outside. He's power walking past Sheamus and Ridge Holland. He's looking to fight everybody. He's pushing everybody around. Let me at him, Scoob! Let me at him! The fuck are they doing? How does Triple H look at this and say, Jesus fucking Christ, man, that's the way we gotta go. How does he not look at this and say, well, I, I got to change this shit. I got to. I got to change this shit. Big time. Bragging. It's fucking ridiculous. Looks like a fucking retard out there. Going at him. Holy shit. Seamus has been great. Seamus has been great. He is out there boasting that he won the Fatal Five-Way. All of a sudden, he was interrupted by Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser roll with spicy mustard, pickles on the side. Seamus said no one has a clue what Gunther is saying. He told Gunther that he calls himself the ring general, but he is the real ring general. He says he's faced the best of the best and beat them all. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, John Cena, Roman Reigns, and Triple H. He did mention Triple H tonight. He said nobody in the business has had banger after banger after banger after banger like he has. He told Gunther he sees a lot in himself given his physical brutal qualities. He said they both love to go to war in the ring. He said, wow, they are similar. Gunther has something he wants, and that is the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Bragging. Gunther takes the microphone from Kaiser and said he's going to retain the Intercontinental title and protect the Intercontinental title. And while he does that, he's going to teach... Seamus, what lessons he has. A lesson in violence. He says he will chop his chest until it's bloody bits and break his spirit and then break the man who everybody thinks can't be broken. All of a sudden, I start laughing my fucking ass off, bro. Butch, Pete Dunne, lunges out of nowhere. Onto Ludwig Kaiser. Let me at him, Scoob. Legitimately lunged at Ludwig Kaiser. He's brawling with Kaiser. 
Uh, Rich Holland got clothesline over the top rope by Ludwig. And all the while, Butch is, is fighting with Ludwig. Sheamus and Gunther are standing in the ring, unfazed by any of this. They're not even looking at Ludwig and Butch fighting. They're just constantly staring at each other in this epic stare down. So all of a sudden we get Butch being lifted up by Sheamus and then Kaiser being lifted up by Gunther. The fighting stops and then we get them continuing to stare down at each other. Then we got a match next week booked with, booked with Butch and Ludwig Kaiser. That's the go-home show for Clash of the Castle. The match is going to be phenomenal. There's one match I'm looking forward to most of the pay-per-view, which I know I'm not alone on. It's going to be that one. That match is going to be fucking absolute chaos. And I know Triple H is going to let them go. Within the boundaries, of course, they're going to let them go. Triple H is going to let them go. It's going to be glorious. Can't wait. Natalia and Sonia, they were in the back chatting when Megan Morant approached them. Dodrop and Nikki were arguing in the background. Hopefully they break these two up. Yes, you want to have a tag team title tournament and then show one of your only tag teams arguing, teasing a breakup. I rest my case about these titles needing to be thrown into the garbage. Sonia and Natalia talked with confidence about their match later. Sonia said one rookie mistake and they'll be headed to the finals. Sonia called Megan a killjoy, meaning the rookie mistake, meaning Raquel and Aaliyah are nothing more than rookies. Sami Zayn. Easily, easily, easily the best thing on the show is Sami Zayn. He walked up to the Bloodlines locker room. He knocked on the Bloodlines locker room door. Usos answered. Out come Jimmy and Jay. A lot of people are wondering, why didn't Triple H book this storyline and get the tag team title match between the Usos and what they want it to be, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, onto the Clash of the Castle pay-per-view. It doesn't even look like the Usos will be defending the tag team titles at Clash of the Castle. I don't know if the Usos are even going to be allowed in the country. It may just end up being a Toronto-Montreal type thing as well. They can't cross the Canadian border due to their DUIs and their recent arrests. Maybe the same thing going over into the United Kingdom. I don't know. If I was a betting man, I'd probably say that's the case as well. So the Usos might not even be at the show. So we'll find out in eight days. But they don't have a tag team title match. And I don't even think I would have booked this match at the pay-per-view anyway. You're going to need a little bit more time to tell that story. I love the on-screen dynamic. Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. I think they're great together. Sami's just very likable, even as a heel. Obviously, he's acting as a heel now, but he still comes off likable. He still comes off likable because you know that the bloodline doesn't give a shit about poor old little Sami Zayn and that they're using Sami Zayn as an additional warm body to get what they want and then dump him when they don't need him. That's what's so great about this story. Sami Zayn is so great. Heel, he can do it. Babyface, he did it. And he did it great in NXT. And it looks like he may be going and doing that again on the main roster in this version of Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens, everybody loves Kevin Owens. So if this is the direction that they're going and we get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens paired up together, 
It could be a beautiful one-two pairing where both guys are at the height of their popularity. Very much looking forward to it. So he knocked on Roman Reigns' locker room door. Out come the Usos. Jay wasn't happy to see Sammy and asked what he's doing here. Sammy said he thought Reigns might want to see him after last week. Last week, he took a big blow from Roman, took a Claymore kick, saving Roman Reigns in the process. Reigns then invited Sammy in. He's sitting down in the locker room. Who is it? Sammy, come on in. So the tribal chief lets Sammy Zayn into the locker room and asks him to sit down. Uso smiled. Obviously, something was up here. Reigns asked Sammy how things are going. Sammy said his jaw is still sore from last week. Reigns pointed out he didn't even ask about his jaw. Sammy said his jaw was hurt by taking the claymore for you. Roman Reigns didn't even ask about his jaw. All Roman said was, yeah, but you lost the match. You lost the match last, last week. You're not challenging for the Intercontinental title. Sammy says that's technically true. Reigns says, but sometimes bad things happen so we can redeem ourselves. Sammy then obviously listened to this and said, yes, yes, I can redeem myself. Reigns said he appreciated how Sammy helped him out last week when he was alone otherwise, because the Usos weren't there. Reigns says that's what family would do. Sammy said that's what family should do. And he looked back at the Usos, almost pretending like they wouldn't do that for Roman. Sammy glanced back at the Usos. Sammy then told Reigns he can count on him for everything. Reigns says he needs Drew occupied or distracted. Sammy says, I'll be facing him later. I'm the master strategist. I get in people's heads. Sammy said he'll dance, and Drew won't know what's up. He said it'll be a piece of cake. Sammy suggested that they all bond together as the bloodline. Reigns said tonight is about Sammy, so he doesn't want to distract from that. Basically, Sammy was asking the bloodline to go out there with him, so it would be a guaranteed victory for Sami Zayn, and he wouldn't have to worry about it. Sami Zayn is worried about doing this by himself. He wants to be associated with the bloodline. He wants to be accepted by the bloodline, but he is Sami Zayn. He's still weaselly Sami Zayn, so he's going to say things like that to kind of throw it out there. Yeah, but uh, I would still like you to be out there, man. We're family, right? Roman Reigns says, no, you're going to go out there and do it yourself. So... Sammy said he appreciates Roman giving him the opportunity to do it alone. Reigns says he has the opportunity to be in the main event of SmackDown. Jimmy wished him luck. Jay looked at him angrily, didn't show any emotion at him, and then he patted him on the shoulder pretty hard on the way out. I love this. I I love this. This is the best storyline in WWE right now. Week to week, just great. Chemistry is awesome with Reigns and Sammy. Loving the Usos, no selling it. They don't want Sammy there. They're, you can tell that Sammy's being used just by the Usos and their attitude. Reigns is a little bit more understanding. Reigns is a kind leader. He's a kind tribal chief. He'll let you know when he doesn't need you when he wants to, but he'll play the fucking snake in sheep's clothing or the wolf in sheep's clothing until he doesn't need you anymore, and that's exactly what he's doing here. No mention of Kevin Owens, though, tonight. No mention of Kevin Owens at all with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. We got Natalia and Sonya Deville against Aaliyah and... <laughs> Smiley! Uh, Raquel! Rodriguez!
Rodriguez Gonzalez. Out there smiling. Yeah. Tag team titles. Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez. What are you smiling for, honey? Your boyfriend is a fucking low IQ idiot. Braun Strowman. He said, what did he say? Sin? Control your narrative? Is worth hundreds of dollars compared to AEW and Tony Khan. Was that a real quote? Did you guys see that quote floating around on social media today? Oh my goodness, man. That country living, right? That country living by Braun Strowman. <laughs> you know, he's still on the Strowman Express. Oh my goodness. Stu, 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 stupid. Oh my God, man. What a fucking half witted idiot is Braun Strowman. Anyway, we got this ladies' tag team match. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Did you guys see that tweet? Or maybe, or, or maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was doctored up, man. I don't know. Was it a real tweet? Was it a real tweet? So we got Aaliyah and <laughs> Raquel against Natalia and Sonya Deville. Obviously, the baby face is one here. I mean, Aaliyah sucks. It's like this is a handicap match. It's basically Raquel versus Sonya Deville and Natalia. So Natalia had an early advantage with a headlock. Aaliyah fought back briefly. Natalia took over with a Michinoku driver on the outside. Rodriguez... She ran over to go check on Aaliyah. She didn't smile there. Rodriguez is fighting back with DeVille and Natalia. Two on one now. She caught DeVille and Natalia in a double suplex. Natalia and Sonya DeVille regained control. Backed Rodriguez into the corner. DeVille slowed the pace down with, you guessed it, folks, the great old fucking devastating Shinlock. Never seen that one applied before. DeVille slowed the pace down with a chin lock. Rodriguez fought back and slammed DeVille onto Natalia. Rodriguez recovered. She ran wild with some offense. Hit her corkscrew off the second turnbuckle on DeVille. She goes for a near fall, gets a covered two count. So Rodriguez went for the Tejana bomb. Natalia broke it up. Rodriguez broke free from the sharpshooter. DeVille caught Rodriguez with a knee. She goes for a quick cover, gets a two count. Rodriguez fought back, hit the Tejana bomb for the one, two, three. Where was Aaliyah? Aaliyah did nothing in this entire match, which renders Aaliyah useless, which renders Aaliyah, why is she in this fucking tournament? They're not winning the titles anyway, but Jesus fucking Christ. How do you tell the audience that Aaliyah is fucking useless without telling me that she's useless. Just put her in a fucking tag team match and have her get wiped out in the first 30 seconds and then have her partner work the last eight minutes of the match by herself. After the match, Aaliyah jumped back into the ring with Celebrate with Rodriguez as, as if she did anything tonight. Now this match takes place on Monday. We got... <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez and Aaliyah... On Monday, great, against EO Sky and Dakota Kai for the undisputed 
Tag Team Championships of the World in the women's division. Great. Do we see Sasha Banks and Naomi on Monday Night Raw? Maybe. Maybe. Got the maximum male models. They were doing a photo shoot in the back with Max Dupree and Maxine Dupree. They were uh, taking photos and Max Dupree was blasting the fucking cameraman. You're not doing it right. You're not getting the money shot. Maxine Dupree then unbuttoned Marseille and Mansois shirt. I think it was Mansois shirt. Unbuttoned it a little bit more, showed some more skin, right? All of a sudden, Hit Rose music played. There was this huge Maximum Male Models, uh, I guess, luxury trailer in the back. This big Maximum Male Models bus in the back. All of a sudden, we start hearing Hit Rose theme music. They get distracted. Maxine told Max, she'll take care of it. She has an idea. I don't know. So, they went back to the parking garage where Maxine Dupree brought Humberto and Angel, who had an idea. So, her great idea was to go get Humberto and Angel Garza, who somehow had an idea. They showed Max two cans of spray paint. That was their great idea. What they were going to do with the spray paint, I have no idea. Moving on. We need Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods back on television. We got them back. Xavier Woods was sitting in a wheelchair and Kofi Kingston was acting very solemn. He was uh, very, uh, very sad. He was very down and depressed. So Xavier Woods is sitting there in a wheelchair acting all sad as well. He's injured. Xavier said, normally they are upbeat and dancing, but not tonight. He said they've been making fun of the Viking Raiders' intelligence and how new and vicious they are. He said they underrated them. They are really vicious. Kofi says they've been getting beat up by them. Xavier Woods says they have to face a harsh reality. Xavier saw them burning boxes of bootios and New Day shirts and unicorn horns. We saw them burning our legacy. So, according to Xavier Xavier Woods, there are 11 tag team title reigns, or however many tag team title reigns they have, right? That's not their legacy. Kofi Kingston winning the WWE title is not his legacy, right? Their legacy is boxes of bootios. Their legacy is unicorn horns. Their legacy is New Day shirts and dancing and gyrating and making sexual jokes. That's their legacy. Give me a break. The Viking Raiders interrupted this sad moment for the new day. Eric has a microphone. Ivar has a microphone. Eric said they gave them a proper send-off. What are you doing out here? Ivar said instead of leaving with honor, you're out here sniveling. Xavier asked them for a few minutes to say what they wanted to say. Eric then said it makes him sick seeing them grovel like a wounded animal. He said they despise weakness. Ivar says when we see a wounded animal, we are going to be forced to put them out of their misery. When they went after Kofi, Kofi said, listen, stop. This man's injured. He's pointing at Xavier Woods and he's injured, right? Xavier backs, uh, backs himself into the corner in the wheelchair. Kofi Kingston backs himself into the other corner. 
The New Day is now, again, about to be beat up by the Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders have their back turned to Xavier Woods. He gets up. He was playing possum. He was faking the injury. Under this blanket that he had been wearing, he pulls out two kendo sticks, right? He was holding, he was, he was hiding two kendo sticks under this blanket. He came out and looked like a fucking, like, a, like an old man wearing a blanket over himself, pulled out two kendo sticks. He takes a kendo stick, he throws it to Kofi Kingston. They beat up the Viking Raiders with kendo sticks and they get the advantage on the Viking Raiders. And they're getting a tag team match. Viking rules, which means no DQ next week against the Viking Raiders. So it's New Day and Viking Raiders in a tag team match, hopefully to end this feud once and for all. They cut to the parking garage again, where the Maximum Male Models and Angel, with whom Berto had written Hit Row Sucks on the side of a bus. They said it, I did Don't blame me. Hit Row showed up and told them it's not even their bus. The Street Profits then stepped out of the bus. So supposedly, supposedly we're getting Hit Row. This is Ashante Adonis and Hit Row uh, and uh, Top Dollar of Hit Row against the Maximum Male Models. This is Massey and Mansois next week in a tag team match. So Mansois... And Marseille are having their first in-ring match, their debut as maximum male models next week. I pray to the wrestling gods that LA Knight graces our TV screens when all this shit completely fucking fails. This shit sucks. I don't know why Triple H is hanging on to this shit. I don't. You think Triple H would be wise enough and smart enough to end this shit, get... L.A. Knight, away from this shit, send Sophia Cromwell back down to NXT or or keep her on the main roster and have her manage L.A. Knight and get Mansoor and fucking uh, Dio Madden new gimmicks. The fuck are we doing here? Shit sucks. Jay Uso, he was backstage. He told Sami Zayn that he blew it last week, so don't blow it again. Sammy said that negativity isn't helping him. He told Sammy not to talk behind his back to family ever again. They don't like him. Roman likes him. They're going to end up dumping him anyway. But right now, Roman is the only one that's on Sammy's inside. Michael Cole and Pat McAfee threw it to part two of the Drew McIntyre story. He said he took time out of WWE to find himself and his original mission. He said his life was full of twists and turns, but his destination has always been the same. He said this destiny brings him to Roman Reigns. He said he's a monster, but he's going to take him down. He yelled that he's going to kick Roman Reigns' head off his effing body. That was bleeped, of course. He said fucking. TV 14, folks. TV 14. How many fucking clickbait thumbnails will you see in tomorrow's YouTube subscription box? Oh, my God. Drew McIntyre dropped the F F word on SmackDown. TV 14 returning. So, again, they're building McIntyre up, going into Cardiff, going into his home country. I, I I don't see how he could lose this match. The only way I could see him losing is if Karrion Cross costs him the championship. 
or if Austin Theory cashes in that money in the bank briefcase, which Jesse and I talked about yesterday, he's not ready for that. He's not even close to being ready for that. And if he does cash in, I see a failure. Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre. We got four matches on this show. This was your main event of the night. Before the main event, they hyped SmackDown next week, which, by the way, SmackDown is taped. It was actually on tape delay tonight. It wasn't even live tonight. And it's not going to be live next week as it's a tape show. So they taped it tonight because the WWE crew will already be in Cardiff for Saturday's pay-per-view, which I love. The Saturday pay-per-view start time, 1 p.m. Great. I'll sleep till 12, and then I'll get up and go to work. Gotta love it. The life of a content creator. So, next week on SmackDown, we got a celebration of Reigns' two-year title reign. I'll talk about that in a second. Ronda Rousey's final judgment. Apparently, she is uh, unsuspended next week. Karrion Cross's in-ring debut against Drew Gulak. MMM. Mm. The maximum male models against Hit Row. Butch versus Ludwig Kaiser and the New Day versus the Viking Raiders in a Viking Rules match. So they set up SmackDown already for next week. Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre in the main event of SmackDown. Decent as usual, as you would expect between these these two guys. Went about 10 minutes. So... McIntyre had the early advantage on Sami Zayn, dropped him on the commentary table. Zayn briefly took over with the chop lock. McIntyre recovered quickly with a tilt-the-whirl backbreaker. McIntyre went for a superplex, but Sami Zayn poked him in the eyes. He followed up with a sunset bomb. We got a commercial break. Zayn caught McIntyre with a tornado DDT. McIntyre comes back with a Glasgow kiss. He's now firing up. He's running wild on Sami Zayn. Caught Zayn with a big belly-to-belly overhead suplex. Once again, set up for the Claymore. Usos ran out to cause a distraction. Zayn took advantage and hit a blue thunder bomb on Drew McIntyre. Gets a near fall. Love it. I wish he'd win with it. At least once. Usos tried to interfere again. McIntyre recovered, hit the Claymore for the win. It was not about the match. It was about the story. And the story was after the match. Reigns comes out of nowhere, and he attacks Drew McIntyre. McIntyre recovered, but Usos jumped back into the ring. McIntyre fought back again. Reigns took him out once and for all with the spear. Then we got both the Usos, Reigns, and Sami Zayn destroying Drew McIntyre. I retweeted a picture of it on Twitter. His back was fucked up. Was Drew McIntyre's back. Unbelievable. So, Usos and Sammy joined in, like I said, and they beat up Drew with steel chairs. Reigns was watching. Usos rolled Drew into the ring for Roman. Reigns grabbed Drew's jaw, trash-talked him, said, this is my island, this is my show, I am at the top of the mountain, and I will allow you at the top of the mountain when I'm done being at the top of the mountain. He then applied the guillotine and choked him out. Reigns put a chair over Drew's head and chest, sat on a chair over his lifeless body. The Usos presented Reigns with both titles. Sami Zayn got a haluva kick in there as well during the beatdown, kind of allowing him to feel a part of the bloodline. 
And Reigns said the whole business runs off of him. I want to see someone out there come and try and take these off of me. The beatdown was tremendous. The story was tremendous. That's why I said SmackDown was a little bit more of uh, of an average show tonight. It was, it was mid at best. But the story on the show really progressed things nicely going into next week's go-home show and then, obviously, Saturday at Clash of the Castle. So it wasn't a terrible show. It just wasn't overly important. If you missed it, you could probably catch everything and catch up with everything in about five to ten minutes by watching some YouTube videos and some Twitter clips and call it a day. It's not one of those, oh, my God, I must go out and watch SmackDown because I missed it type of shows. Triple H, man, he's not going to hit home run every time. But the story is there, and that's the most important thing about WWE right now. They're telling stories, whereas Vince McMahon was clueless at telling stories. Guys, we will be taking a small break here. I want to shout out once again my great friends over at DraftKings. Make sure you guys go and listen to this, man. Take advantage of it because every time somebody takes advantage of something like this and you guys sound off and support someone like DraftKings who supports us, the more likely they're going to join and want to be a part of the Off the Script family. So I'm going to throw it to DraftKings. little advertisement here. I'll be back. We'll briefly go over Rampage, and then we'll get into the Super Chats. And I want to thank everybody right here tonight in the venue for the SmackDown Post Show on Off the Script. WWE is going down this weekend in the land of afternoon tea with the Queen. To celebrate this historic event, DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE, is putting you in the center of the action with a share of $10,000 up for grabs this weekend. You guys know better than anybody I'm going to get you ready for Clash at the Castle, so much so that we'll be sitting right next to the Queen having that afternoon tea. It is very simple, guys. You're going to download the DraftKings app. You're going to use the promo code JD from NY, and you're going to enter to win $10,000. You're going to answer questions like, who is going to make a surprise appearance? Who's going to win that big, undisputed WWE Universal Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns in the main event? Will Austin Theory cash in his money in the bank contract you're going to answer all those questions and the customers with the most correct answers will win their share of ten thousand dollars download the DraftKings app now and use that promo code jd from ny to enter the free wwe predictions challenge for clash at the castle with ten thousand dollars up for grabs so use that promo code jd from ny now and enter the free ten thousand dollar contest only at DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE. Thank you guys very much, and thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring tonight's show right here on OTS. Rampage. You know, man, I I don't know if I am alone or if I'm in the minority here. I thought Dynamite was great. I thought Dynamite was great. A little questionable with what they did with CM Punk and John Moxley. Hopefully, Tony Khan's got something up his sleeve. Rumors going around that it may be John Moxley and CM Punk at All Out, and that is the go-to match for them. But Rampage is is never important, man. Rampage is never important, ever. 
I don't think Rampage has ever been important outside the first debut episode where we got Kenny Omega and Christian Cage for the Impact World Championship. And then obviously the first dance with CM Punk. This show is just largely just unimportant. They don't book it as if it's important. They don't do anything to show you that they want you to watch the show. They promoted an exclusive clip of CM Punk, an exclusive backstage look at CM Punk in the trainer's room with the doctors after they carried him out of his match with John Moxley after losing the AEW title. This exclusive clip was an exclusive waste of time. Literally, not even 20 seconds. They hyped it up all day on Twitter. Yes, watch Rampage for this CM Punk clip when we got 20 seconds. And everything that you saw in this 20-second clip, this exclusive clip, is what you already saw on Dynamite. No new information was there. We didn't hear from Punk at all. He compared the foot injury and how his foot felt after Wednesday to how it felt when he broke it. And that was basically it. That was basically all we got. Outside of that, the only important thing on tonight's show was the trios championship match, tournament match, between Dark Order and the House of Black. And they still managed to fuck that up. It's almost as if they don't give a shit. I said this when Ring of Honor was bought by Tony Khan. Is he going to... Spread himself thin. We got a Ring of Honor title match tonight. Why am I seeing Ring of Honor title matches on on AEW television? Why don't we save Ring of Honor for when Ring of Honor gets television time? Why do we need to see Ring of Honor on our show? I don't understand it. I get that Claudio's your world champion, but nobody told you to go out and buy Ring of Honor and then fucking, you know want to do something something with it and then force it onto Dynamite and, and Rampage. I don't want nothing to do with Ring of Honor on this show. Nothing. Yet we're getting a world title match. For what? You think an open challenge makes your Ring of Honor world title look good? The fuck is Dustin Rhodes challenging for the Ring of Honor World Championship for? I don't know what happened this week. I don't know what's happening this summer. I get the injuries were a big deal, man, but AEW is not really connecting with the story. I feel like I feel like there's a lot going on and nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Now, I get that they're trying to do the live thing with Rampage in October. Apparently, the entire month of October is live Rampage. I don't know if this is just for the month of October or if this is going to be the new thing going forward. Finally. Finally, somebody realized taped Rampage episodes are fucking dog shit. They need to be live. It's not, it's not going to stop there. It's not going to fix the show. That's just one aspect of the show that needs to be fixed. Show needs to be live. Show needs to be at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday or a Thursday or, or, or whatever, whatever night, preferably after Dynamite, Thursday. Fill that day where there's nothing. Wednesday Dynamite, Thursday Rampage, two hours, two hours, live television, back-to-back. And that's it. That's it. Everything that they do needs to be live. Watching a taped wrestling show is fucking garbage. I want live television. 
Brings me back to the fucking days of SmackDown on UPN when it was fucking taped. You watch the fucking show, it feels like a fucking amateur hour show. It feels fucking lame and uneventful and unexciting. It's got that vibe that it's taped. There's no live atmosphere there. Then you could go read the spoilers online. Who's going to watch this show when you can get spoilers online? Or watch fucking clips on YouTube? I don't get it. It's almost as if the last three, four months, nobody in AEW knows what the fuck they're doing. The commentary team on this show, I know it's been a thing and I haven't addressed it yet. But for some fucking reason, I let it slide. Why do we have four-man commentary teams on Rampage? Why? Why do we have four men on Dynamite? We get Jim Ross. We get Excalibur. We get Tony Schiavone. We get Taz on Dynamite. When Tony Schiavone gets up to go do interviews in the back or interviews in the ring, then we get a three-man booth, and then Tony Schiavone's right back there by the end of the show. They were ushering out Jim Ross in the second hour, having him do the last hour of Dynamite and then the last hour of Rampage, filling out his two-hour quota for AEW during the week. That stopped. Now Jim Ross is back to doing full-time commentary. Why is there four commentators on AEW television? We got Tony Schiavone. We got Jim Ross. We got Excalibur. We got Chris Jericho. We got Caprice Coleman in the main event. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. So much. There's just so much going on. I don't understand why you need to give so much and then not listen to the fucking people giving you tough love. Or giving you fair criticism. Do you see Michael Cole and Pat McAfee stepping over each other on commentary? No. I had some fucking geek online to, when I complained about it on Twitter saying, oh, I like the flow of it. So as long as they don't trip each other up, I, I enjoy the four-man team. Fine, you enjoy the four-man team. Let's get a five-man team out there. Let's get a six-man team out there. Fuck it. Let's get six guys out there doing commentary. Let's get Mark Henry out there. Let's get fucking Big Slow out there. Let's get Ricky Starks out there. Let's make it seven, guys. You don't see Pat McAfee and Michael Cole stepping over each other. Oh, but they'll be dead air if there's only two guys. No, they won't. Not if you have two commentators who know what the fuck they're doing. Do you see Michael Cole and Pat McAfee ever having dead air? What about Corey Graves and Michael Cole? What about Corey Graves in NXT when he was with Tom Phillips? Did you ever see Morrow and Nigel McGuinness have dead air? Fucking excuses. A solid two-man team for Dynamite and a solid two-man team for Rampage. That's what it should be. Do you really need four fucking guys on commentary for a one-hour show? I don't understand this. Nobody will complain. I'm here to complain because I actually give a fuck. I don't get it. Now, I'm letting the CM Punk John Moxley shit play out because I know I'm fucking right at the end of the day and CM Punk is going heel and we're getting a CM Punk John Moxley main event for All Out. Whether MJF is included in there, I don't know. But other than that, 
I don't know what the fuck AEW is doing. No TV time for Thunder Rosa. Jade Cargill and Britt Baker get more TV time than anybody. You got half of women's division that doesn't get any fucking TV time. Thunder Rosa has been given the fucking shaft because of political bullshit. And then she's going to go on Busted Open Radio and set the record straight. Stop reading shit online. Don't read shit online. It's all bullshit. Half the locker room doesn't want to work with her is the last rumor that I heard. If she was so fucking hated, why is she welcomed on Busted Open Radio every single fucking week in the audience of thousands listening to that show? If people didn't like her, then she wouldn't be on the fucking show. Seems to me AEW management has something against Thunder Rosa. All because Britt Baker's your fucking number one girl in that division doesn't make it a good division. You should not be treating others more important than your women's champion. Thunder Rosa had a terrible run because of mismanaged garbage and politics. Would Britt Baker have a terrible run? Would Britt Baker be cut of promo time? Would Britt Baker get a pre-taped segment in the back? Give me a fucking break. CM Punk broke his foot. He got 20 minutes to address the fucking crowd about him breaking his foot and crowning a new interim champion. Thunder Rosa, she got 30 seconds. If Britt Baker broke her fucking foot, she'd get the same treatment that CM Punk got. Now, but Thunder Rosa gets 30 fucking seconds to relinquish the fucking title and crown an interim champion at All Out. That's fair? Would Jade Cargill get that treatment? Where is the women's division? You got a talented fucking women's division there, and the matches are given no time, and the division fucking sucks dick. Look at this all-out card. Look at this all-out card. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad show. I'm not saying this is a bad show. I'm saying that there's a lot of what if. What the fuck? WTF on this show. Christian Cage and, and, uh, and Jungle Boy. Great storyline. I think it's been great. Dragging a little bit towards the end because we need a fucking conclusion. Where does Luchasaurus fit into all this? We'll find out in Chicago. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Been great. Very happy for both of them. Excited to see what they do. Story's been great. Powerhouse Hobbs is ready to break out on his own. Ricky Starks has been fucking there, and he needs a breakout moment. That's somebody that you want to see on TV every fucking week. Where is Wardlow? Wardlow is your TNT champion. Guy won the fucking title after coming out looking like a fucking savage beating MJF. Where did he go after that? Off TV, Tony Khan's putting him in matches with fucking Mark Sterling, having him beat up security guards, then he wins the TNT title, and then he disappears? That's how you book Wardlow? I don't understand this shit. Wardlow's the type of guy... The way he looks and the way he comes off and the way the fucking fans love him, he should be on the show every fucking week. Meanwhile, he's there once, he takes six weeks off, and then he's back on television. Yeah, let me throw him on the pay-per-view and team him with FTR. 
against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. I got to go out and get the Motor City Machine Guns because all my fucking tag teams are tied up in a trios tournament. Nobody asked you to save the trios championship tournament for when Kenny Omega came back. I get that Kenny Omega is an integral part of your television show, but you did the same fucking thing that you did with the women's tournament and the Owen Hart Cup. You tied up the entire fucking division into a goddamn tournament, leaving Thunder Rosa with no challengers. You did the same thing with Swerve and Keith Lee. You tied up all the tag teams in a fucking trios tournament and a six-man tournament, and now we're left with the acclaim, and there's no fucking heat. There's no story. That's what you want for the acclaimed? Anthony Bowens and Max Caster are over as fuck. Yet you're giving them a tag team title match in which if they lose, they look like losers. You can't have them beat Swerving Keith Lee. Not now. And if they do, what's the story going to be? All of a sudden, Keith Lee and Swerve break up. Swerve turns on Keith Lee. Keith Lee turns on Swerve for what? They've been harmonious for the last six weeks. The Moxley Punk situation, a completely different story. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. You got Pac holding an All-Atlantic title. Has that title been defended on AEW television since he's won it? Since he won it at Forbidden Door, has the fucking title been defended on TV? Why do we have so many fucking titles? Was that title necessary? We got a world title. We got a TNT title. We got a TBS title. We got tag team titles. We got a women's title. We got trios titles. We got an All-Atlantic title. You fucking kidding me? You got three hours of fucking television. You got seven fucking titles? What's next? A women's tag team title? Let me see that fucking happen. You don't even have a fucking division that you give a shit about. You want to add more fucking titles? The fuck is with adding all these titles? Ring of Honor title, TV title, Ring of Honor tag team titles, IWGP tag team titles, AAA tag team titles, AAA six-man titles, AAA fucking mixed tag titles. What the fuck? What, what, what am I watching? What am I watching? Tony Khan went from fucking, oh my God, this guy's booking great. To the last six months, it seems like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Or am I the only one that feels this way? Miro's not on television. People who you want to see are not on television. Everybody says, well, you don't want dynamite to go to three hours. Maybe going to three hours is the right fucking move. I don't think any any one of us would complain that there's three hours of dynamite if they put on good television. Monday Night Raw does not need to be three hours. That's the big fucking problem, but it's been Monday Night Raw three hours for fucking 12 years now. Kind of beats the fan down after a while. Especially Vince writing the fucking show, and 99.8% of the fucking shows were goddamn fucking useless. They need more hours of television. 
Wardlow was on television tonight. Do you want to know why Wardlow was on television tonight? Do you want to know why Wardlow was on television in fucking Cleveland against Ryan Nemeth? Why is he getting a TNT title match? Stop with the dark fucking wins and losses. I don't want to see anything from dark make it onto Dynamite. Nothing that happens on Dark should fucking count for Dynamite. Nothing. Nothing. It should be a show that develops talent that is not ready yet to get them ready for Dynamite. It should be what NXT is for the main roster. It should be what NXT level up is to NXT. I don't want to see fucking people win on Dynamite and then all of a sudden, yeah, we're getting this women's championship match. Who the fuck is Kylan King and why do I fucking care? Who is Layla Gray? Why the fuck do I care? It seems like Tony Khan and him signing everybody under the fucking sun is now rearing its ugly head. You have so many fucking talents. You don't have enough TV time to do anything, and now it's affecting your creative. But you cannot leave a Wardlow off TV. You cannot leave a House of Black off TV. You cannot leave a Miro off of TV. You can't. You can't. It seems like there realistically is no structure at all in anything that they do. You need main eventers. You need TNT title. You you need you need you need divisions. You need divisions. There's no fucking sense of order on this show. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! I don't want to sit here and criticize everything that they've done, but it has not been up to par. When they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. When it's good, I praise it. When they're bad, I criticize it. I mean, look at this trios match tonight. Look at this trios match tonight. There's two things that happened in this fucking match tonight. Two things that happened in this match that I I, I mean, I, I don't know how this gets past quality control. I don't. Miro comes out to cost The House of Black. He comes out and tries and costs the House of Black, which he does. Buddy Matthews runs up the ramp and he gets back body dropped by Miro on the ramp. Where's the disqualification? Miro put his hands on Buddy Matthews. Where is the fucking disqualification? AEW wants to fucking brag about sports fucking presentation and following rankings and doing this and doing this and that and what's right. Meanwhile, the simplest fucking things that are getting written down for the show that get past quality control have me scratching my fucking head. Where's the DQ? Preston Vance playing up a leg injury in this match. By the way, the Miro distraction let Malachi get pinned and rolled up from behind. What a great fucking job there, huh? Everybody was like, a House of Black needs to win this trio's tournament. House of Black needs to win this trio's tournament. 
Now they're eliminated. Now they're eliminated. Treated like a bunch of jobbers. When's the House of Black going to finally get what they deserve? When's the House of Black going to be treated like the superstars that they are? Malachi's been here for a year. And yes, he came out recently and said he's been hurt. Almost ended his career. But this group is so fucking good. And the makeup of this group is so good that they haven't made a fucking dent in anything they've done. Why? Malachi is a world champion. Buddy Matthews is one of the most underrated and most gifted performers in this industry. And he's on this show doing bare minimum. And Brody King, just like Wardlow, Brody King was on a dominant hot. It's like Tony Khan finally realized, hey, I got this guy on the roster. Let me use him. Let me use him for three weeks. Give him a nice string of momentum. And then we'll fucking kill him off again. House of Black. More like the House of Jobbers on AEW television. The fuck are we doing? Malachi looked like a geek. Miro caused the DQ, no DQ. Preston Vance is playing up a leg injury. Is it Preston Vance? Or is it going to be Adam Page, like I'm expecting it to be next week? No, but Preston Vance doesn't deserve that opportunity, right? We got to put in Hangman, because Hangman's one of our top guys, and he doesn't have a spot at the pay-per-view. Not everybody needs to be on the pay-per-view. Why would you take Preston Vance out for Adam Page? Don't. Don't. I get you want to play up the Adam Page and Elite thing. I get it. But that's what the trios tournament was for? That was the big story in the trios tournament. That's what we needed for Kenny Omega? That's what we needed to wait for Kenny Omega for? The Elite versus Adam Page? The Elite versus the Dark Order at the pay-per-view? Here I was, foolishly thinking, oh yeah, we're going to get House of Black versus the Blackpool Combat Club for the fucking trios titles. Where the fuck are either one of those two teams? I don't get it. Ridiculous. So the House of Black loses. Wardlow, he defeats Ryan Nemeth. Why is Ryan Nemeth getting a TNT title shot? I have no fucking idea. One minute. One minute. Wardlow should be on TV every fucking week. Every week. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Ashton Day in one minute. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I I need Powerhouse Hobbs to squash somebody that I don't give a fuck about Because he's got a match against Ricky Starks coming up. I know Powerhouse Hobbs and what he can do. This is a dark match. QT Marshall in the factory jumped Ricky Starks in the back and laid him out as promised to Will Hobbs. All this could have been done in a fucking interview backstage vignette. Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello versus Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Ortiz is going to be fucking directionless Because Santana doesn't want to team with him anymore. And Santana wants to go by himself and be on his own. Santana's hurt. He's going to be out the rest of the year. So Ortiz is there, contractually obligated, to do whatever they need him to do. And he doesn't have his tag team partner. Ruby Soho. Destination Unknown. I thought that was going to be great. Little did we know that Destination Unknown means 
destination created failure. Everybody was like, oh, destination unknown, right? Singing her song, and she's there, and she's going to be a big splash in the women's division. Not a fucking peep from Ruby Soho. They used her because she was the fucking flavor of the month. She wins a battle royal. She gets a title shot against Britt Baker. She goes to the finals against fucking Jade Cargill. She loses the TBS tournament finals earlier in the year. And that was it for Ruby Soho. That was it for Ruby Soho. Tony Khan even said that he hadn't had one conversation with Ruby Soho before she signed. Not really a good look there, bro. Not really a good look there. Look at that women's division. Look at that women's division. And the talent that you have there, Athena, Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, Serena Deeb. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, if you cannot book a women's division with those eight women who rival anybody in WWE, you have a better women's division than you do on fucking SmackDown, and you can't get it right! What the fuck are we doing here? Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello. Why, 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 why are we getting triple A mixed tag team title match on this show? Who cares? Who cares? Keep this shit off the show. It has nothing to do with AEW television. I don't give a fuck if Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello are champions anywhere. I don't care. The titles have not been spoken of since then. They were on a show. They did a favor. They won titles for that promotion. I don't care. Why are they on my television in this nothing match? Because Sammy is feuding with the... Blackpool Combat Club and the remnants of the Blackpool Combat Club. All this was done for was to get these four people on television with no rhyme or reason. None. Give me a break. And Claudio and Dustin Rhodes in the main event. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to care? Am I supposed to care? I love Claudio just like everybody else does. But unless he has Ring of Honor business to do, I don't give a fuck what Ring of Honor is doing on Dynamite. I don't care about the Ring of Honor title. I don't care about ROH. I don't care anything about Ring of Honor on AEW television. I don't. What I care about is Claudio and Blackpool Combat Club on AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage and AEW Television. You're tying Claudio up in the Ring of Honor shit with the Ring of Honor World title and you're leaving Claudio off of an all-out show that could use Claudio and you're leaving Claudio off of AEW Dynamite, a show that could use Claudio. What? Claudio is the Ring of Honor World Champion. Keep the title at home. He's on Dynamite. He should be doing AEW things. He should be doing dynamite things. This shit is pissing me off. Watching a company go from, oh my God, I can't wait to watch this show. I love what's going on here. To criticizing you so badly about every single fucking thing you've done over the last four or five months. 
everything coming out of Forbidden Door, I don't think there's been one thing that really sit well with anybody. Coming out of, out of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, it's, it's been since then. Nothing really has felt right. Probably even before that. Maybe going into Double or Nothing? Maybe? Revolution was one of their best shows of the year. Revolution is probably their best show of the year. Double or Nothing was good long, but good. Forbidden Door was great. Everything coming out of Forbidden Door has been fucking haphazardly booked. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's sad. It really, it really is. It's sad. How I, I have no, I have nothing here. I have nothing. I got notes written about tonight's Rampage show. Barely. I got no bullet points, nothing. All this shit, it's called off the script for a reason. This is shit that I have noticed on a week-to-week basis about AEW television. Rampage doesn't feel like a must-see show. I mean, they give you the fucking entrances on YouTube, for Christ's sakes. Why? Did we need a one-minute Will Hobbs match? Did we? You can't give me a proper presentation on Rampage with entrances for a trios tournament match, but we got to get a one-minute squash from Will Hobbs. And a feud with fucking 2.0 and Hook. Why? Fucking shit. AEW, there's something wrong. Whether it's Cody leaving, or if it has anything to do with Cody going to WWE, I don't know why that would be the one thing bringing AEW down and it not being the same. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. There needs to be structure about what we see on television. Divisions, world title, TNT title, women's title. I don't give a fuck about some lame rankings that you got on AEW.com. I don't. What we see in the rankings doesn't reflect what we see on television. It doesn't. Rampage needs to be two hours. It needs to be live. It needs to be an extension of Dynamite, not an extension of some fucking useless YouTube show that nobody watches. Nobody outside the fucking neckbeard virgins who sit there on a Monday night watching YouTube. Nothing important happens on that show. Nothing. The only time I watched it was when Parker Boudreaux debuted. And that's the first time I watched it all year. Or when my House of Glory guys were on the show. Cashflow and, and uh, main event. And Anthony Gangone. Guys like that. Guys that I worked with. I don't know what needs to be done, bro. I really don't. Tony Khan needs to get a writing team together. He does. He needs a writing team. He needs a sit. He needs a roundtable. He needs the knights of the roundtable to write this show for him and him be the guy that says yes or no and then give his input when necessary. Tony Khan cannot write this show, produce this show, and do everything about this show on his own. It is now showing. 
It is showing and it's not good. And if AEW wants to survive, they need to get a writing team in place with fresh ideas and new ideas brought to the table so that Dynamite benefits because if Triple H, we haven't even, the sad thing is, Triple H has not even started. You haven't even seen the dragon's teeth yet. Triple H is basically the fucking dragon. He's basically Smaug in Lord of the Rings, sitting in the mountain, buried underneath fucking treasure. That's who he is. You haven't seen him break out of the mountain yet. You haven't seen him fucking eat. You haven't seen him fucking tease Bilbo yet. You haven't seen him break through the mountain and fucking cast doom and fucking carnage and fire over the fucking town. You haven't seen that yet. I don't think you want to see Triple H get to that point yet. If Tony Khan continues doing what he's doing, Smaug is going to fucking destroy the village of AEW. Mark my words. Mark my words. You do not want to awaken that dragon in the fucking mountain. You don't. Unless things change, it's not good. Not good. And I know TK knows about Lord of the Rings. They fucking show it every week on goddamn TNT. He knows exactly what the fuck that analogy means. And I say this out of love. I say this out of passion. I say this out of hope. You got too many talented people there. Way too many talented people. With all the knowledge and the brains and the fucking veteran presence you have backstage with that women's division you have and how neglected it is and the champion that's been neglected because of political bullshit. Half-ass stories. TNT champion, not on television. Hyping up something on Wednesday to get three minutes. Hyping up against something with Punk. We get 20 seconds. I don't know. I don't know. I owe AEW a lot. AEW has grown my audience a lot. I got, I got the number one AEW live podcast every single Wednesday. There's no one even close to what we do on Wednesday. Jesse and I. We have loved the majority of what AEW's done. I've loved the growth we've seen from AEW. But if this is the direction that they're going, I can't be on board with that. And I have to start calling shit out when I see it. Otherwise, nothing will change. Why do you think I ranted and raved for seven years about WWE television? Because I wanted, more so than anybody, when everybody was fucking sitting down and they took their tails between their fucking pussies, I sat here every fucking week complaining about what was right and what was wrong with the show, mostly wrong with the show, and what needed to be done to make it right. And every single fucking thing that I said was a goddamn problem. And you know what? Every one of those things is now being fixed. So for amateur 
fan-made mock podcasts like this. Motherfucker, I'm pretty damn fucking good at what I do. I know what's right, and I know what's wrong. I've been watching wrestling since I was four years old, man. I may have gray in my beard, but that doesn't make me some fucking old man on here yelling in front of a goddamn fucking camera. We all care about the same fucking thing at the end of the day. We want this show to be better. We want the WWE to be better, and now it's better with Vince McMahon gone. Tony Khan apparently has gone backwards ever since Triple H got hired. Back. You feeling the heat? I know you're feeling the heat. I know you're a numbers guy. I know you see WWE's numbers. I know you see Grand Slam not sold out yet, where last year it was sold out before I could blink. All Out's not sold out. You still got another 3,000 tickets to sell for All Out. Why is that? Why is that? Because your show is not up to standard. You set a very high standard for yourself, and now you're not achieving that. So you got to give us hot shot booking. You got to give us... Little things here and there to fucking show off how you get a 1 million rating on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll give you a world title match. It's not going to get it done. How many people did you piss off? How many more people did you piss off instead of making happy on Wednesday? I know TK's a numbers guy. I know he sees all the fucking numbers. I know he sees how hot WWE is. I know he sees that AEW is down. They're not down tremendously, but they're down. Ratings are down. Ticket sales are down. Audience interest is down. Why? Why? It's all in the booking. I said this about WWE for seven fucking years. When fucking check marks on Twitter fucking blasted me for being negative. I said, you put on a better fucking show, people are going to pay money to see this shit live. Six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago, Monday Night Raw couldn't draw a dime. 1-5 rating. They weren't selling out Monday Night Raw. Now everything you look at, everything WWE does, sell out, sell out, sell out, sell out, sell out. WrestleMania sold out fucking 12 months away, WrestleMania. Why? Because they're putting on better television. I don't want AEW to fall back into that fucking trap. I don't. Like Owen Hart says, you want to have a fucking memorial tournament about Owen Hart. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. Take a step back. Fucking put the goddamn pen down and let a writing team aid you in writing this show. You can tell Tony Khan is writing this show because half the fucking talent that needs to be on this show goes missing for about six fucking weeks. Only then he remembers that he's got them there. Get the pen in somebody's hand. A group of them. Fucking bullshit, man. Things need to change. That's my rant. Fuck Rampage. If I never get invited back to a fucking media scrum, this will be the fucking reason why. Tough love, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. I didn't even talk about Triple H rumor, rumored to change the titles. I gotta change the title of this fucking stream. Yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow on Off the Script. 
last call, guys. Get these super chats in. Let's get through these super chats, man. I want to relax with a fucking cold beverage and play some Destiny. Hit that thumbs up. We got eight new members tonight. Thank you guys very much. Tony Brown with a 499 super chat. He says, I totally trust your podcast, JD. Also, Esau is hot. Tony Brown, I agree with you, bro. Peace is a very beautiful woman. Also, he says, the meat was juicy tonight. And then he says again, NYC Demon Diva is 100% fine. Yo, Issa, if you're in the chat, bro, Tony Brown is uh, is looking for your number, bro. Thank you, Tony Brown. I love you, brother. Good to see your credit card is uh, back in action, man. Jen House with a $5 super chat. Jen House says nothing. Jen is in the chat every night. She's allowed to be silent and give no message. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. They tell Drew's story. Then he gets a wicked beatdown. No way he can lose at the pay-per-view. Calling it now. Tyson Fury will have Drew's back at Cardiff. I could see it. Michelle, I could absolutely see it. The best surprise is that it's unpredictable. He hasn't been on TV, so we don't know. Uh, we don't expect it to happen. But when it happens and we see it, it'll be great. And that's the role he should be used in, too. Not a match as an enforcer. Rathuel with a $2 super chat. I hate squash matches. Sometimes they're useful and sometimes they get the point across. You can't overdo them, though. Sinister Classic with the $2 Super Chat. Chillin', drinking, and smoking. Hit that like button. Ab so fucking lootly sinister. Sidro with a $5 Super Chat. John Cena gets knocked out during a match. Three hours later, he wakes up in a hospital. John slowly says, where am I? Nurse, I see you. John says, no, you can't. That one was all right, Sidro. Not your best, bro. Another fight out super chat by Sidro. He says, what's a comedian's favorite wrestling move? The knee slapper. That's all right. That's all right, bro. You, you, you've had better, Sid, bro. You've had better. John Lamey with a $20 super chat. He leaves me a super emoji con that says OP. It looks like a... Uh, it looks like a rhino with a missile on his head. And a robotic arm. Bro, what is this? I appreciate the 20, bro, but what is that? Sidro with a $5 super chat. Why were Gene Okerlund's pants always so angry? Because they were mean jeans. See, that one was good. That one was good. And then Sidro with a final five and joke here. How many Impact Wrestling fans does it take to screw in a light bulb? I feel like I'm going to like this one. A, both of them. 
You see, I like... See, that's a good one, Sidro. That's a good one, bro. That was a good one. That was your best one tonight, bro. Easy. Danny Burgos with a $5 super chat. My son loves your show. So do I. You're the greatest of all podcasts. Throw a shout out to my son. Danny Burgos, shout out to you and your son. Thank you guys for watching the podcast. I appreciate you. And you're both VIPs. Thank you, man. Cheers. Tyler with a 499 super chat. The king of the IWC, JV, keeps making me smile. With having my problems and my 14-year-old black lab passing away in June, you know how to make me happy. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, Tyler. I'm going through uh, my own little uh, sadness about my uh, my little fur baby here, Bacardi. Early, early onset kidney disease. She's 20 years old. Every stream, the last week and a half, she just sits underneath my feet. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate you, brother. Sean Reed becomes a new member. Sean Reed, what are you drinking, brother? Jacob Donnelly. Jacob, Jacob Donnelly. Where the fuck have you been on Twitter, bro? What happened to your Twitter? We haven't seen Jacob in the chat in weeks. Holy shit. I'm turning 24 at midnight tonight, which means I'll I'll be 25 next year, which means I'm getting old. Everybody in the fucking chat, I want you to throw up those birthday cake emojis and those whiskey glass emojis for Jacob Donnelly. NBA young boy fan with a 199 super chat. Disco Inferno is a clown. Disco Inferno's a fucking hack, bro. He's a fucking hack, man. All right, the Braves won against the Cardinals tonight, man. 11 to 4. Nice. Can't stand the St. Louis Cardinals, man. Uh, Captain Solo, $5 Super Chat. A mediocre Triple H SmackDown is still better than a Vince McMahon SmackDown. Absolutely. Where is John Morrison signed to? And will we ever see him back in WWE? I don't know, man. I don't think he's signed anywhere. I'd love to see him in HOG. Where is is Jacob in the chat? Is Jacob Donnelly in the chat? I I don't see him. Jacob, reveal yourself, bro. Uh, Tyler, I turned 21 on August 30th, which is drinking age. That's a beautiful thing, Tyler. Happy early birthday, brother. Miles Marable with a new membership. Miles, what are you drinking, brother? Captain Solo with a $5 Super Chat. JD did a Shawn Michaels heel turn on AW Rampage like it was Marty Jannetty going through the barbershop window. Indeed. Normac Smith with a $5 Super Chat. 
Hey, JD, good to see you. Did you peep the elbow guard on Corbin? It might be a little thing, but it had his old Lone Wolf logo on. I did not see that, bro. I did not see that at all. That's a good eye, man. Sidro with a five-dollar super chat. What is Carrying Cross's favorite phone app to use? TikTok. That one was too easy, Sidro. That one was too easy, bro. Danny Burgos with a new membership. Thank you, Danny Burgos. What are you drinking tonight, man? Captain Solo with a five-dollar super chat. If you could put together a Mount Rushmore of women's wrestlers, who would it be? Could be any era, past or present. Sasha Banks, Trish Stratus, Alundra Blaze. And I'd probably say Bailey. Can't put Sasha on there with out putting Bailey on there. They have the most influential women's match of all time. Jake Miller with a new membership. Jake, what are you drinking, brother? Thank you so much, man. JDC Biggins with a 99 cent super chat. It leaves me a 100 emoji. Beyond the Mat with a 1999 Super Chat. No message. Thank you, Beyond the Mat. I appreciate you, bro. Saints 2025 with a new membership. Saints, what are you drinking, brother? Mr. TKO with a $2 Super Chat. House of Black losing was very stupid. WTF Tony K. I don't know, man. I don't know. Clearly, we're getting House of Black versus Sting, Darby, and Miro at the pay-per-view. And that better be... We had 10 matches at the pay-per-view. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. All Out now has 10 matches. 10 fucking matches. Why? That better be it. That better be it. I don't want to see another fucking match added to this show. Beyond the Mat with another 1999 Super Chat. Asuka and Bliss should have gotten a second chance since they actually won a match. Yeah, but uh, Matt, I think I, I think they had decided on who was in that fatal four-way before they lost that match on Monday, though. Captain Solo with a $2 Super Chat. Next, Sheamus will bring out Scooby Dumb. Scooby Dumb or Scooby Doo? Braggy. Be on the mat with a 999 Super Chat. They need to split the damn titles. Drew win the WWE and Cody take it once his booby heals. That's all there is to it. I would love to see a WWE title back on Monday. Pro Astropath. With a $5 Super Chat. Imagine Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley become the new Latino Heat as a nostalgic nod to Eddie Guerrero in China. That may be where they're headed, bro. But I don't think that's going to work because Dominic has no fucking charisma. 
to Marcus Vaughn with a two-dollar super chat. No Liv Morgan tonight. Wow. You ain't getting a complaint out of me. I like the way Liv looks. Never mind her fucking wrestling ability. I could look at Liv Morgan all day long. Blurred the nerd with a two-dollar super chat. SmackDown was a double taping. Next week is fire. Good. Next week is a loaded show. The real CJ with a new membership. CJ, what are you drinking, brother? Thank you so much, man. Hula Grim with a $5 at times two. Just curious, have you ever thought about bringing back the get off my TV gimmick? Like the shirts, shit roast should go first if you ever do. OTS forever. Yeah, I thought about it. I just don't have a good graphics designer. Salrex has uh, gone on and uh, taken care of himself, bro. I hear from him every now and then, but I don't know what he's up to. Used to talk to him every day, bro. I don't know what happened to him. Hooligram with a $5 Super Chat. Also, new title in AEW will be the Participation Appreciation Championship Trophy. Get him out. Eric Torres, get him out. Jericho, 8131 with a $10 Super Chat. The honeymoon phase in AEW is over. No one can be perfect forever, but I agree the product has hit a wall. Too many careless errors. I can only hope that TK figures it out before it gets worse. It definitely needs to change. Something needs to change for sure, bro. I don't know what that something is, but we need uh, something to change. Absolutely. Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. Cody leaving did a a lot of damage to TK's psyche. Maybe. That mixed with... That mixed with uh, Triple H taking over. Yeah, for sure. Steven Escalante with a 199 tube chat. Once Triple H gets red hot, oh boy, watch out. We haven't seen anything yet, Steven. AK with the new membership. AK, what are you drinking, brother? Tenario with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? The AW roster is so depth. I'm looking up at a Lance Archer action figure. Or so deep, you mean. I'm looking up at a Lance Archer action figure in my closet. Honestly, forgot he was still employed. Well, he was in the uh, G1, so he was over in Japan. So I don't know what the process is there. He competed there. I don't know what the uh, time frame is that he's got a quarantine now. I don't know. But yes, he's still employed. Bryland Williams with a three-month recommitment. Thank you, Bryland. I'm getting late 2000s WCW vibes from AEW. They need to wake the fuck up. They do. They absolutely do. The Kings with a... $4.99 Super Chat. Tony needs to get Regal, Jim Ross, Punk, etc. on the creative booking team or outsource, but he definitely needs help. Would like the name of this song, Nick Page. I'll give it to you, bro. This is Dr. Disrespect, and it's called Eclipse. The Three Kings with a 499 Super Chat. Yes, thank you so much, man. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, Jupton. 198828 with a $5 super chat. AEW has way too many titles to keep track. Tenario with a $5 super chat. If Tony Storm or anyone else that's not the doctor wins a women's title, I'll put my head through a wall. 
Britt Baker should not win the title. If Britt Baker wins that title, it is the worst possible thing that could happen for that division. Steven Escalante with a 499 Super Jet. Let's hope Triple H brings back the Golden Eagle as the new design for the Universal Championship and the design they should have done six years ago. I'd love a redone Golden Eagle, bro. I really would. When Cody wins the title, that's the title he should have. The Quiet Storm with the $2 Super Jet. Thank you for keeping it real about AEW. OTS for life. Thank you, Quiet Storm. I appreciate it, man. I say things like that because I care. Out of love. Drage with a 20 in Australia, Mike. Hey, JD, big fan from Australia. Love your podcast. Drage, thank you so much, brother. We got fans. We got a lot of fans. We got a lot of fans in Australia, man. Alter Boy John with a 999 super chat. He was so deep in prayer, he forgot to leave a message. Thank you, Alter Boy. Stu Sexton with a 31 month membership. Stu Sexton, that gold microphone next to your name is looking pretty fucking sweet, bro. Standing ovation tonight, JD. That rant was fire. Enjoy your night. See you tomorrow. Stu, love you, brother. Stu, by the time I get the new emotes and the new badges, bro, you'll be on your way to uh, the 36th month, which is pretty fucking sweet, bro. Thank you, man. 36 and 48 month membership. Badges coming. The Kings with a two-month membership. JD inspired me to go buy the proof black walnut cocktail syrup. Bro, the black walnut is so fucking good, bro. It's an old-fashioned syrup, though. It's just not a it's not a regular cocktail syrup. It's an old-fashioned syrup. It's got bitters and sugar in it. They got a pumpkin spice one, bro. I got a, I, I just seen it on Amazon. They just put it back on sale on Amazon. I gotta get the pumpkin spice one for the season, man. Before you know it, it'll be fucking Halloween. Patrick Palmer with the two-month membership. I'm also in the same minority. Can you tag the rant to TK? I don't want to tag TK in anything, man. Knowing him will get fucking sensitive and block me. I don't want to be blocked. He knows I care. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. What's up, JD? Absolute fire and passionate rant on AEW. Also proud to be watching OTS for six years now. Cheers. Thank you, Furious. I appreciate you, brother. Tenario with a $5 super chat. One more chat, JD. The sixth man on Dynamite this week got five stars. It was great. Will Ospreay is absolutely inhuman. Red Raven Rucker. Thank you, bro. Red Raven Rucker with a 199 Super Chat. I love your passion, JD. I love what you do. Thank you, Red Rucker. Michael Liege with a $5 Super Chat. When Cody left AEW, when Cody left, AEW started going downhill. They lost his veteran leadership and knowledge of the business. Tony made a mistake by not keeping him. Tony didn't make a mistake. Cody didn't want to be there. Cody wanted to be somewhere else. Tony Campbell, your 
He spelled your wrong. It's apostrophe R-E, you fucking geek. You're a idiot now. Freckin' Triple H sheep. Nobody watches fuck on cable. Watch more streaming and YouTube, my friend. Facts. First of all, who the fuck are you calling an idiot, Tony Campbell? And why don't you go fucking read a book? Because your grammar is fucking atrocious. Pulgrim, get him out of here, bro. He looked like some overweight neckbeard virgin in his fucking profile picture. Get him out. Jake823 with a $5 super chat. What's good, JD? Great show as always, but Tony Khan needs Cody Rhodes creatively. He needs somebody. Sidro with a $5 super chat. Final one. Per Chelsea in the chat, why should you never ride with Vince Russo at the wheel? Because he's constantly swerving. I like that one. Bro. Furious Nation with a $25 super chat. Also, Disco Inferno is a clown and a grade-A comedian, man. And did you read the report not too long ago where Charlotte herself said she accidentally dropped the women's title during her segment with Becky Lynch? Yeah, she totally did not accidentally drop it. She dropped it purposely. That was all done on purpose. Give me a break. Beyond the Mat with a $19.99 super chat. And yes, viewers, Disco is a fucking clown, bro. He's a hack. He's a has-been. Beyond the Mat with a 1999 Super Chat. Oh, excuse me. The Maximum Male Models spray paint looked like my office whiteboard. The Maximum Male Models need to be uh, DFA'd. Captain Solo with a $5 Super Chat. Are you familiar with Alexia Nicole on the Indies? I think she would be a great addition to NXT. Look her up and tell me what you think. How old is she? Alexia Nicole. Not bad looking. Kind of resembles my ex after her. Jesus Christ. Let me click this shit off. This is not bad looking. How old is she? Uh, Beyond the Mat with a 499 Super Chat. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, my cat just died, man. I hope yours is all right. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. I'm sorry to hear that, man. I may, uh, I may not be, I may not be uh, here if if anything like that happens to my cat, man. It's gonna take me uh, a while to uh, get my bearings back together. Uh, Furious with the ten dollars super chat. Thank you, Furious. In your opinion, what if AEW is doing keeps up? Could you see people from AEW being unhappy and wanting to leave? Yes, I could. The mistreatment of Thunder Rosa is basically pushing her into Triple H's arms. You don't think Triple H is looking at a Thunder Rosa contract coming up? 
and not signing her, he's going to give her whatever he wants or whatever she wants. Come on. Things need to change in AEW before it's too late. A writing team for AEW is a must. And Michael Liege with a $5 Super Chat. Jade is still very good friends with Cody and Brandy, and I heard Triple H wants her very badly. Could you imagine what he could do with her? Bro, anybody in Triple H's grasp is going to be a good addition to the show. And they will be taken care of creatively, no doubt about it. Guys, I, uh, I'm getting out of here, man. Um... I want to play a little Destiny and then get to bed. I got a busy day tomorrow. I got to be on point this weekend. Do a little shopping tomorrow. Go live tomorrow night. Sunday, we got Hog on Fight TV. You guys can join me and Solid Monster live on Fight TV. Make sure you guys order High Intensity House of Glory. I appreciate you guys tonight, man. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me. Hit that thumbs up. 1,200 likes we got. I need 1,500 minimum. So if you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, man, I would greatly appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. We are VIP only tomorrow. Yes, we are VIP only tomorrow. So all eight of you who just joined today is going to be VIP, man. You're getting access to tomorrow's stream. Beyond that with a 9.99 super chat. 2K in the chat and only 1.1K likes. I'm seeing 1,200, bro. I appreciate the uh, concern. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And make sure you guys go hit up DraftKings. You guys got a spot waiting for you, man. $10,000. A piece of that prize could be yours. Code JD from NY at DraftKings.com. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I need two things from me. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Mustang emojis for my VIPs. And I need that music on max. Guys, I will see you tomorrow night live with Off The Scripts. Episode 442 will be live, VIP only. I'll see you tomorrow night, guys. Thank you so very much, and I'll see you tomorrow. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.